0: The Old Testament reading for this morning comes to us from the book of the prophet Jeremiah in the 33rd chapter. It's the opening nine verses. These are taken from the New English Bible translation. I invite you to listen for a word from the Lord as it is there written. The word of the Lord came to Jeremiah a second time while he was still imprisoned in the court of the guardhouse. These are the words of the Lord who made the earth, who formed it and established it. The Lord is his name. If you call to me, I will answer you and tell you great and mysterious things which you do not understand. These are the words of the Lord, the God of Israel, concerning the houses in this city and the royal palace, which are to be raised to the ground concerning siege ramp and sword and attackers who fill the houses with the corpses of those whom he struck down in his furious rage. I hid my face from this city because of their wicked ways, but now I will bring her healing. I will heal and cure Judah and Israel and will let my people see an age of peace and security. I will restore their fortunes and build them again As once they were, I will cleanse them of all the wickedness and sin that they have committed. I will forgive all the evil deeds they have done in rebellion against me. This city will win me a name and praise and glory before all the nations on earth. When they hear of all the blessings that I bestow on her, they shall be moved and filled with awe because of the blessings and the peace which I have brought upon her. Here ends this reading from God's Holy Word. Our New Testament reading this morning comes to us from the Gospel according to Luke in the 24th chapter. Beginning at verse 36 and continuing through verse 47. Again, I invite you to listen for a word from the Lord as it is there written. While they, the disciples, were talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, "'Peace be with you.' They were startled and terrified and thought that they were seeing a ghost. He said to them, "'Why are you frightened, and why do doubts arise in your hearts? Look at my hands and my feet. See that it is I myself. Touch me and see.'" For a ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. While in their joy, they were disbelieving and still wondering. He said to them, have you anything here to eat? And they gave him a piece of broiled fish and he took it and ate it in their presence. Then he said to them, and that repentance and forgiveness of sins is to be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. Here ends this reading from God's holy word. You can be forgiven if, after reading this passage from the gospel according to Luke, you have some questions. I have to imagine that the disciples, those who witnessed these very events, that they had plenty of questions as well. After all, they had literally just encountered the walking dead. Their friend, Jesus, had been crucified. He was buried in a donated tomb all too well. They knew this. But then, strange reports began to reach them, which sparked questions. How did the tomb wind up empty? Was there a body of the rabbi now? Could someone or something supernatural be about? What do we make of it all? This is precisely the discussion that Jesus' friends were having as they were gathered together at the outset of this morning's gospel reading. They had received into their midst two folks who had been recently returned from the town of Emmaus, and they came bearing an amazing story. And it wasn't the first amazing story in a couple of days to come out of their setting. So they were there listening, and they were there discussing and Engaged in sacred talk, speaking of very important things, things which, in our ordinary superficial chats, whether they be with strangers, friends, or even family, we, we dare, we barely dare to go to these sacred places. But they were having one of these sacred discussions in their midst and it was right into the midst of that discussion that I feel compelled to talk this morning about just those kinds of discussions. For it is such a huge blessing to and a gift of the church to be the place where permission for this sort of wrestling has been granted. As I spoke about last week, one of the most important things that we have been invited to do as followers of Jesus is to proclaim, to declare, to tell of Him. But as we are reminded once again this morning, from these verses in the Lucan account of the post-resurrection encounters that Jesus has with His friends, we have to get our stories straight first as straight as we can, for what we have encountered and what we are to speak of are holy mysteries. People want explanations. It may be even more true today than it was in the first century. I'm not sure, for I wasn't there. But I can say that humans have long since displayed both great curiosity and great creativity, showing that we have been using our imaginations for quite some time. And I know that in my own experience, people much prefer answers more than they do questions. Certainty over uncertainty. So many television shows have and do witness to this very phenomenon. The viewing audience has come to expect in this formula that in an hour or less, They will be treated to answers to the mysteries that are introduced at the start of a program. But we know, don't we, that life doesn't take place on a Hollywood soundstage. This isn't usually the way things work. It often takes far longer than an hour to get to the bottom of things. Some people have devoted their entire lives to the pursuit of a singular quest aimed at answering a particularly personal question. And sometimes at the end, they wind up arriving at the place that they began. In the case of the disciples of Jesus who were gathered together, seeking answers to the questions they had here in the 24th chapter of Luke, they, they had already devoted themselves for at least a few years to trying to understand the enigma that was Jesus of Nazareth. And just as they thought they were beginning to get a handle on some of it, here they are finding themselves collectively scratching their heads and wondering once again, who was he? Who is he? I find myself from time to time thinking about such holy mysteries. And I wouldn't be surprised if some of you also have spent time wondering. I hope that all Christians have and do and will spend time wrestling with such holy mysteries as this. The disciples, of course, they were here getting a great big hint about who Jesus was and who Jesus is, and it was coming to them from none other Then Jesus himself, the one who had died, been buried, and on the third day was raised again, was standing right here in their midst. He was talking to them. He was eating with them. He was right there before their very eyes. And still his friends had questions. They had lots of questions. And we don't have the luxury of having been eyewitnesses to those events. We have not been given opportunity to feed the Lord a piece of fish. We have not been invited to examine his hands and his feet to see the scars from the crucifixion. And we wrestle with a faith that is built on, well, faith. Some folks wrestle more than others. Sometimes we wrestle more than other times, but all of us have to wrestle with these things as part of our coming to know, to accept, and to eventually trust Jesus as Lord. We have to do these things before we can invite others to do the same, even as we continue to pursue some of these answers for ourselves. We heard last week of the imperative to declare what we know to the world, but before we can make such a declaration, we have to know for ourselves what it is that we are about to declare. Now, providentially, today, this very day, 500 years ago, The instigator of the Protestant Reformation, Martin Luther, did some very important work along these very lines, and they had a profound effect on the history of the church and the world, for that matter. In 2010, a legal scholar by the name of Douglas Linder began a look at the trial of Luther at Worms. By noting, historians have described it as the trial that led to the birth of the modern world. Luther was brought there to this uh, this religious court that was presided over by the Holy Roman Emperor uh, to defend his heretical teachings Teachings that shone a light on the abuses of the institutional church. He had to tell the assembly there just what he had understood. Both about Jesus and about his own path to being a faithful witness. To what and who he had come to know. Central to his reasoning, to his writing, and to his arguing before, during, and after that assembly. Was his fidelity to the notion of sola scriptura, the Bible alone is the infallible and authoritative witness to the mystery that is Jesus. It is what we have to go on, and that alone is sufficient. We might, of course, like to know more, but we have been given all that is necessary for a knowledge of our salvation. Jesus, we are told here in this morning's gospel reading, opened the minds of his friends to the scriptures. His friends, they, they had been, most of them had been observant Jews, we can deduce. They had been familiar with the words of the Hebrew Bible since they were knee-high to a grasshopper and And now they were beginning to see with a new clarity just what those words that they knew meant. Therefore, my brothers and sisters in Christ, with a knowledge of what these words mean, we can now move on to what's next. We do not need to form a committee to study further and report back later to the body. We can rather be about doing the work of the Father right here, right now. We don't have to stop to seek a deeper meaning. We don't have to know how many angels fit on the head of a pin in order to share the good news of Jesus as the way and the truth and the life. One day this past week, I was invited to take part in a video conference call with some others who also share an interest in the work and the witness of the congregations that comprise the Presbyterian Church in Cuba. The meeting was co-hosted by the Reverend Dr. Emilio Carlos Ham, the president of the Evangelical Theological Seminary in Matanzas, which is about two hours to the east of Havana on the north shore of the island. He was a young boy at the time of the revolution, but he remembers the years of the great exodus, the years when a a majority of the pastors in the country fled as a result of the revolution. And ever since then, there has been a, a great shortage of trained clergy to lead their churches. For decades, this wasn't Too much of a problem as most of the churches had shut their doors, as so many of ours have done during this pandemic. But over the last 20 or so years, as the intoleration of Christianity on the part of the political regime there has gradually decreased, there has been what one might call a resurrection of many worshiping communities because they have lacked. Seminary-trained leaders, their model for screening and selecting leaders has been, by necessity, different from ours. The seminary has adapted to do a great deal of their theological education in the form of what we might call on-the-job training. And the church continues there to see increasing growth and influence in the communities where Cuban Christians are declaring and living their faith among their neighbors. The the moral of this story is that it is perfectly acceptable to be continuing to wrestle with the many layers of meaning and complexity and beauty that make up our faith while at the very same time taking what we do know at the moment and putting it to work to and for the glory of God. And it was no different for the disciples of Jesus. All of this is part of the great post-resurrection what's next. Having faith. Having faith is a fairly passive thing. Once you have obtained it, well, there it is, uh, in a jar, on a shelf, in your room. But to strengthen that faith, it needs exercise, just as do our muscles. One way to exercise that faith is to wrestle with it. And as noted, church is a great place to do just that. Surrounded by the Word of God in Scripture, with friends and colleagues all about, committed to the same purpose, this is a wonderfully holy space for conducting wonderful holy work in the wrestling with these divine mysteries. Eugene Peterson has written concerning this encounter between the risen Jesus and his disciples that something about this requires engagement and participation. You don't take a picture and hold the snapshot and carry it in your wallet and say, he's risen the recognition was achieved on a dual track. First, they observed him in their midst, his very un un-ghostly physical body, the one that was scarred, the one that they could touch, the one that supported the taking and the eating of food. And then, as Jesus taught them, they understood how he fit and brought to completion the Holy Scriptures. What they saw and what they understood came out of the same place. The book this passage comes from that Peterson has written is called Living the Resurrection. And that is precisely what he's getting at in this brief analysis. Part of our knowing comes from encountering Jesus and part of our knowing comes from the doing of what he has invited his disciples to do. Yes, in remembering him. But going beyond having that still image with us. Living into being a part of the body of Christ. Now is an, is an active, not a passive activity. It takes place in a gathering. In sharing food. In sharing conversation. In caring for the other. In these acts... We wrestle with the mystery of the fullness of God in Jesus and and he is there. He is present with us in the spirit to be our guide. So as we move on toward the what's next in these post resurrection days, may we continue to engage the scripture for God's word about what has happened, about what is happening and about what will happen as he continues to make known to us some of the mysteries of his magnificent creation, even as we strive to be his faithful witnesses to the new life that we have received in and through Jesus Christ. And for that, we may truly say, thanks be to God and amen.